Hello, welcome back to our Spirituality of Parenting podcast. Bethany and Cami are here with you again. Hello. We are discussing the next chapter of the book Bless This Mess by Basquette and O'Donnell. We're on chapter four. Um, chapter four is interestingly titled. Its title is How to Fight and Forgive. Um, but as you'll note as we get into this, I feel like it covers a whole lot more than just that. Um, but anyway, we'll dive in. Okay. Um, you know, I have to say, I saw this title, How to Fight and Forgive, and my first thought was, and I don't mean this in a, either a negative or a positive way, just an observation, that we don't actually have a lot of fights in our family. Would you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. If you're mad, I just start apologizing. <laughs> if you're mad, I am 100% wrong. <laughs> That's not actually what I was going for. Oh. <laughs> Okay. I meant I meant more fights between us and Ben. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> um I no, think part we of did it, it early on, I think some. You think more when he was younger? Yeah. 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 I think part of it is he is a bit of a people pleaser. He is a bit of a rule follower. Um so he, I think just his nature is he doesn't necessarily really dig in his heels about a lot of things. I don't know. He is pretty stubborn. Yeah? Okay. Well, I maybe do... our experience is different. <laughs> well, I mean, I do think that he he recognizes that you and I are not going to bend. Mm. And that he cannot play us off of each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that he he recognizes when when and we will use this term with him this is not a negotiation true yes no means no yeah so i you know i think that because we held to that early on it has eliminated the need for fights but mm-hmm. He is also not deep into the teenage years. <laughs> yes, <laughs> so true. Ah, <laughs> I suspect that we will get the fights soon. Yes, yes, no doubt, no doubt. And some of that goes back to what we have talked about in other episodes. You know, something we've been really careful to instill is you know those boundaries and sort of you know he knows when he can push and when he really can't and we that's something we've tried really hard to do yeah. sometimes better than others but hopefully some of that work is coming to fruition now in the older years yeah well and you know i hope we encourage him to ask for things that he wants well I, you know I, I one of my favorite sayings to him is that it is 100% a no if you don't ask yes absolutely so you got a 50-50 shot if you ask it may be yes, it may be no. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, no doubt about that, yes. So one of the things they start off by saying is that, you know, you are going to have arguments in a family situation because you are different people, mm-hmm. and that's important. We've talked about this, too. You know, we're not creating little mini-me's with our children. I do not. No. <laughs> a, a term they use, which is a term from family systems, is self-differentiation. You know, this idea, and this is what they say in the book, to be self-defined is to say, I love you, I respect you, I'm different from you, we can disagree and still love each other. 
And that, so what they're trying to say is, you know, in our families, when we have disagreements, and we're going to, um, you know, how can we move to a place of a healthy disagreement? Mm -hmm. Which, you know, I think there are healthy disagreements versus Absolutely. unhealthy disagreements. And where can we get to a point of a healthy disagreement, which is, you know, different people having different opinions about things, which is going to happen, but underlying it all, always there being that knowledge, I love you, I respect you, I realize I'm different from you, how can we then work through this difference, you know, to get to the other side of this disagreement, whatever it might be. Yes. But you have to have that sort of underlying base of the I love you, I respect you. Right. We realize we are different from each other. Right. And as long as he can come at an argument with us in a manner of respect, he will have me in that situation. <laughs> oh, so see, this is something I should know. You're going to cave if he argues respectfully, huh? <laughs> is it? No, no. What I meant was, uh, you know, I can... Well, you know, I just don't like disrespect very much. So correct. If as long as it is a respectful conversation, then I am open to having these conversations with him. But as soon as it turns disrespectful from him to me or you, and vice versa, then that is not going to work for me. Yes, yes. Which leads us actually to the bulk of their chapter. Um, and that is they really place a big importance on a family together knowing what their values are as a family. Mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. They suggest even coming up with like a family mission statement, which we have... <laughs> okay. Somehow I knew that was going to be a reaction. I was going to say, before you started cracking up laughing, I was going to say, that's not something we have done, nor something I see us doing. <laughs> and your laughter uh, confirms that for well, me. I be fine doing it but I just can't I can imagine the eye rolls from our son yeah, so we do not have a family mission statement we are going to admit that that's not to say that maybe something that works for your family right. to really get it out there in writing well, doesn't what your, your values are your sister have that like didn't they have like a list of be kind be yes actually she did she went through that activity with her young son right. our nephew um, actually writing it writing down. Writing it down. Um, because he is the kind of person, we've talked about him before, that really needs some serious structure, and it helped him to see it in does, writing. Yeah. So we haven't done that, but I will say, um, in a less formal way, you know, we have talked about our values as a family and yeah. what we feel is important. Right. Um, and therefore, say these authors, you know, when all of your family has a sense of what your values are and what is important, um, that will help too when you have times of disagreement, especially when you have times of kids butting up against the rules. Right. Um, it's not to say that they're going to agree with the rules, but if the rules can be underlaid with the values of a family, at least maybe your children will start to sort of click into, okay, I disagree with this rule, but I do maybe start to understand why this rule is important. Let me give you an example that they give from the book. Now, this is one for you know teenagers who have phones. Um, but I think a disagreement in families, Ben doesn't have a phone yet, but 
from what I've heard, a disagreement is phone use after bedtime. Okay. Um, or or even phone use, you know, after s certain specified times that at dinner or so forth. Exactly, right. exactly. Um, but say use the bedtime example specifically because that's what they use in the book. Okay. You know, so the rule in your family may be no phone use after bedtime, um, and your child may rebel against that. Um, but what the authors do is they make a case about the values. Mm. So a value in our family, for example, is honoring our bodies. And one way we honor our bodies is we make sure we give our bodies enough sleep. Right. And if you're up late at night using your phone, you're not giving your body the sleep it needs, and therefore you're not honoring the values of our family. Now, this is not to say that your child is going to automatically agree with that rule. But maybe it gives them more of an underlying idea of you know why that rule is in place, right? And why that rule is important. Yeah, Ben has has all, in my experience, Ben has always needed not just to give him a rule, but then why? Yes. And yes. why does that make? Why does that apply to him? And if if, and he's been very good about accepting it once we give a reasonable reason why. And sometimes mm -hmm. there's not um, mm -hmm. a reasonable... And then it's like, well, okay, what? I guess we don't need that. <laughs> <laughs> True. Yeah. And that's... The authors are really careful to note, too, that it can work both ways. Mm -hmm. you know, it is not always the parents who are right, right. and the children who are wrong. No. Though often it is. Yeah. I mean, heck, we're the parents. But but there is that back and forth, too, mm -hmm. that maybe we as parents need to look at whatever rule it might be and say, huh, well, maybe that actually isn't based on any of our values as a family. And right. maybe we do need to rethink that. Yeah. And their hope is that then as kids move out into the world um, and start to define their own rules for themselves, their ways they want to live, um, you know, they will undergird that with their values too yeah no, that that makes sense and that could apply to so many things going forward too you know work and sometimes you have decisions as an adult you have to make and if it's value-based then they become easier mm -hmm. to make those decisions so, right yes yes, yes. the those difficult decisions will still be challenging but at least you have some system that you know you have gotten used to using your entire life right. that will help you make those decisions. Yeah, I have been telling Ben for a very long time, don't drink until you're 25 because a boy's brain is still developing <laughs> until they're 25. Maybe he'll pay attention to Maybe that. Maybe he'll pay attention. Hmm, perhaps. perhaps. Now, all of that being said, there are still going to be arguments. There's still going to be fights. There's still going to be disagreements. Yeah. Um, and you know, another tip, hint, suggestion the authors give is, in addition to remembering those family values, mm -hmm. is to also, as parents, remember our spirits, remember our spiritual disciplines. Okay. You know, and they say this, remember, you can always pray for the capacity you need to forgive your children. <laughs> Ask God to put you back in touch with your affection, tenderness, the take a bullet for them love you so often feel for your children. And I would add that you give your, your, yourself as a parent forgiveness too because mm. I find that a lot of times parents internalize that I 
you know, my kid made this mistake. I messed up somewhere. Mm. So giving that compassion back to yourself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's something I think we talked about maybe in our very first episode um, was that reminder that we are not alone in this. You know, let's go to God in prayer when we need to go to God in prayer, right? Mm -hmm. Let's, you know, go to those scriptures and remind and ground ourselves in whatever whatever we need to ground ourselves. Right. You know, we talked in the very beginning about continuing our own spiritual practices as individuals set aside from our roles as parents, but just in our role as people. You know, always go back to those spiritual disciplines. Mm -hmm. How have you been doing in that, by the way? Uh... She just shrugged her shoulders. I did not. I said, oh. <laughs> I, you know, <laughs> probably not as good as I would like or, mm -hmm. again, that I have done in the past. Mm -hmm. um, I find that I am still tired. I am praying a lot these mm. days. Mm. Not necessarily about parenting because Ben right now is in a really kind of good, easy spot. Mm -hmm. um, Knock on wood. Where's the wood? Knock on wood. Okay. okay. Yes. Um, so... Yes, but I, I don't know if I'm practicing my spirituality around parents, that, although this book and going through it with you has been helpful. That, that you're true. I would say this has been a spiritual practice on mm -hmm. its own. But that's okay, too, because one of their points is we as parents need our spiritual practices separate from parenting. So you say, I've been praying a lot, but not about parenting. But that's okay, because in our praying, we are strengthening our relationship with God. So that relationship is there, mm -hmm. you know, undergirding our parenting, though we don't necessarily need to be praying about parenting all the time. Yes. Right. Um, now, I would say maybe another reason why we don't have quite as many fights in our house is because we only have one kid. Absolutely. <laughs> right? You know, I think a lot of the fight fighting in families often stems from a sibling relationship, right? Yes. And fighting between and among siblings. I know that was true of you and your brother. Ooh, yes. You have told me some stories. Yes. Yeah, so they actually spend a part of this chapter talking about how parents can navigate the sibling relationship. And unfortunately, we don't have much to add to that because we aren't parenting siblings. But um, we were siblings. Yeah, that's true. Each of us was a sibling. And I did highlight one um, part of that section. And, you know, they talk about, you know, treating each child fairly. But one thing they said, which I thought was interesting, fair doesn't always mean equal. Oh, um, and the point they make is that, you know, if you have multiple children, they're different people. Right. Right? And their needs are different. Their personalities are different. Um, and you will parent them differently. Um, so you can be fair to each one of them, but that doesn't mean that that is equal, that you treat them in equal ways. Mm. Um, and I thought of my mother as I read that, actually. Because I thought of your mother when you read that line, too. No way! <laughs> Not because fairness was and still is very important to her. As it should be to everyone. Absolutely. And that was a value of our family growing up, a value that I still hold very important. And yet, I would say that... Um, she parented my sister and I very differently because well, we were very different people. <laughs> yes. We are very different you people. You came out like this. <laughs> um, my sister was a little more, is a little more stubborn than me. She's a Taurus. She's willful. Yeah. 
And so, you know, needed a different type of parenting than I, who is a little like Ben, uh, was I was a rule follower, mm-hmm. and sort of a people pleaser. I didn't cause a lot of ruckus. Um, but even though we were very different and needed different things and couldn't be treated in an equal way, my mom was very sure to make sure things were fair. Um, and she loved us in very different ways, but didn't love us. You know, I didn't feel like my sister got all of her love you know, more than me. Right. You know, she was very fair to us, but we needed different things. Um, so that, that was a, that's a section in the book that, yeah, you're right, we can talk to as, as, siblings. as children or siblings, but we can't really talk to as parents because we don't have that dynamic. So for all of you who are parenting more than one child, good for you! Yes. I have heard that like two children is way more than twice the work. So I've heard that too. Good for you. Carry on. Yes. Carry on. It might. Utmost respect. Yeah, absolutely. Oof, goodness gracious. I just think of how worn out I am sometimes just from having one. to deal with one child. They do require a lot of energy. They do. Although they I do. do think sometimes, like, siblings play with each other. Mm. So, you know, us as the parent isn't always also the play toy. <laughs> True. So if, if any of you listening do have more than one child and have thoughts on this, let us know. Please. We are, we are happy to hear your opinions on such a thing. So speaking of being worn out, I want to close with the prayer that they always put at the end of the chapter. Um, I think this is a good one uh, and appropriate for what we've been talking about. So let us pray. Mm-hmm. God, my kids are driving me bonkers. (laughs) I am driving myself bonkers. Help us to breathe. Help us to see each other really and truly as you see us. Help us to love each other better. And in loving, cast out all fear. Amen. So for those times that your kids are driving you bonkers, know that you are not alone. God is with us always. Thank you for being with us. Yes. We'll see you next week.